0: Hey, well, it's Cleveland Moto Podcast. We are here with the Post Cleveland IMS show review. We've uh, captured about 17 minutes of audio from Jackie Van Han, our friend at Victory. And uh, I don't know how much we got from what did we get, like twenty minutes or something? Thirty no, minutes?
1: Like Twelve or fifteen. Yeah, well we're
0: gonna so we're gonna put it in this. So we're gonna we're this is gonna Yeah, be we the, can
1: tag it out. This then. is
0: gonna be the crush episode. So we're gonna crush all this shit in there together. <laughs>
1: I'm not even sure we talked about motorcycles.
0: I don't know, but it was a shit sandwich. It was, seriously, it was like herding cats. Um, don't ever go to the motorcycle show with six or seven of your friends and try to stay together as a group.
1: And record a podcast.
0: Because there's just far too many bright, shiny objects. Uh, and every time you're like, okay, well, I'm going to go get a beer. Well, then, okay, well, fuck that. So now we got to hold on. Oh, we're going to go look at this bike while you go get a beer, and he's going to go to the bathroom, and he's going to go. Oh, Jesus Christ. And Chris is peeing again. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> he- Chris drank for three of us that night.
2: You're welcome.
0: Good job, man. So Chris will not remember. Well, you know, he bought it. <laughs> I'm still finding those lemonade cans in my Buick. They're like, they're like what the hell's going on in here? I could have got pop for an open container and not even known about it. But officer, smell my breath. Doesn't smell like lemonade at all. Totally okay. Uh, yeah, you were, aluminum. you were having some fun. Yeah, there was. Yeah, my, my, my value of my uh, Buick went up because there's so much recyclables in it. The... Uh, but yeah, the the biggest thing I guess I wanted to cover, it's a very small podcast tonight, so Dustin Elliott's here. Hey! Uh, I'm here. Steve Hoffert wrote his Ninja. Hi, all. And Chris Smith's here.
1: And mind you, it's winter.
0: Well, this is the point I winter. wanted to make. It's got a
3: clean, but you know what? It's the real winter. Like it, it's, it's got a clean wind pattern. It does. So you don't get that little Ripley stuff. So yeah. it comes across your. Home. You're getting a okay. full blast. Yeah, yeah. You're You're so I don't feel yeah. right. I, it's Not, actually warmer almost. I still cool. disagree.
0: It's like 30 degrees. It out was 32 right on my thing yeah. when I was on my way over here, and I think
3: it was cold with my hands.
0: We had a weirdo day a couple of days ago. It was like 59, 60 degrees. So I, I went out and rode the PC 800 around and did some errands on the bike, and uh, there was still we hadn't we just didn't have enough rain to make the roads clear. They were still very slippery. It's exactly very salty. Cause, exactly cause why I didn't rule? go out. Well, you gotta have three good rains. Three hard rains. Three good rains. And we'd only had one kind of mediocre rain. And I was spritz all spritz is all we had. Yeah, I was oh, all over yeah. the place.
3: It was very odd to ride today. Yeah. It feels like your wheels are underinflated, your tires yeah. are underinflated. Well I had to hit mine up. <laughs> it's
0: nice
1: and
3: slippy. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I inflated <laughs> before I went out on Tuesday or Wednesday when the weather was so nice. I made sure my air pressures were up. I did all my PMCS before the ride. Preventive Maintenance is Checks and Services, PMCS, remember that, Preventive Maintenance Checks and Services. I did all that before I took the bike out, and you know it felt good, but one, car drivers are definitely not used to seeing motorcycles and not looking for us at all, and when I got back and I took the Vespa out, I was thinking the last few times I brought the Vespa over to the podcast, man, my tires must be getting flat, must be going down. No, they were only off by like four or five PSI, so I fluffed them up and brought it tonight, and, yeah, you get that feeling like, well, something's not right. Yeah,
3: something's not right. And
0: it's really, it's just the fact that the road is so not, the opposite of sticky. And you can't get the tires up to temperature. Well, tonight it's because yeah. the tires on that bike are old. Yeah, they're hard. So, and
3: it's like riding on wood anyway. Yeah. And yeah. then there's not that much tread and the salt
0: is... There's a lot of salt There's down. a lot They dumped of salt. a ton of yeah. salt down. So they really tried to overdo it. Somebody said, uh, Jesse Knoblet-Hussard a friend of the podcast he runs a car wash on the east side and so he's a man who's in tune with the weather a guy that runs a car wash knows the weather and he said within the next week we should be getting almost 12 inches of snow yeah that's true really, really? shit yeah. True. yeah wow <clears throat> Actually,
2: well it's gonna get cold but it hasn't been a cold winter here
1: in no cold
0: we've got long. away with a very mild winter those El Nino winters for us are very good I'm sorry I mean, for the rest I mean, of the we're country. past the hump right now yeah we're I over mean, the hump now
1: right any yeah. snow we get's not yeah. hanging. You never around. want to say that, though. Please. No, there's always that. that. Yeah, it's wow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it. but even though, like, from here on out, if we get yeah. dumped on, it's melted in like a week. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, it's gone.
0: And I'm pretty certain too that we're gonna have a very nice St. Patty's Day, which is good. So that's good. Remember that one? Are one we of doing us. the parade? Five,
1: six years ago. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're doing the parade. Yeah, are we? Yeah, we're oh. signed up. So.
1: Oh, cool! I'll take off work. Because
0: Which one? The blizzard.
2: No, no. We had one. We were about yeah. seventy 76. degrees. T-shirts on
0: St. Paddy's Day. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that that uh, that St. Patty's Day in Cleveland is a shit show. Uh, there's <laughs> no as better. As <laughs>
1: my my office is in a building on uh, West Sixth in Cleveland, yeah. which is a big party district. Do
0: we know what date the St. Patty's falls on this year? What day, oh, of, the what day of the week? Uh, because that makes a big deal. I think it's a Monday. Okay, well. Cause uh, whoa, wait, we no. gotta we gotta check it look, because look it up in your machine. Yeah, we all have machines. It's either a Sunday yeah. or Monday. Yeah, because that it was
1: on Saturday last year, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, but this year we're pretty much synced up with last year's uh, dates. We're, we're I don't know yeah, because this year it's it's two year's two years ahead or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know, so. so it really is. That's one of those things that if St. Paddy's Day is gonna fall on uh, uh, that looks like a Thursday. Now, uh, that to me looks like. Thursday. Thursday? Thursday. How the yeah. hell did that happen? I don't know. Dude, I don't, I don't, I don't make Time this work. calendar. I just read it. <laughs> But yeah, it's going to be a Thursday. Well, right, that's pretty good, because <clears throat> then that's not as bad. Because when they're on a Friday, or they're on a Saturday, or a Sunday... It's best
3: to give you special dispensation
0: to eat corn beef. Christ. Oh so my God. what
1: kind of tomfoolery can we get away with in the parade? Well... Burnouts, wheelies.
0: Yeah, I, I talked to uh, Kurt Cousineau, and I think he's going to have a sidecar rig in there. So he'll have his his sidecar rig. I'll do my best to try and lay my hands on a Vespa sidecar rig.
3: If you get me that Ural. We'll get you that Ural. Yeah. You, uh, you
0: can get it all running and get that thing, take that out as a sidecar. Uh, the sidecar rigs are fun for the parade. They're just, you know, they're just wacky. So it's It'd be
1: funny if you guys were the sidecar rigs and had prominent, like, Cleveland celebrities like Big Chuck, Little John. In the sidecars? Kenny Crumpton. I, I think. In the sidecars. I think
0: we'd be further off having. This year's the year when I want to do helium filled love dolls painted green.
3: <laughs> better bring a, if if we're taking that, you're your all. You better yeah. bring a,
0: a toe strap. A toe strap? <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good idea. The, uh,. But yeah, so that's kind of the, that's our next big thing. I want to talk about the motorcycle show in, you know, do a retrospective on the motorcycle show.
1: Oh Yeah, we totally squirreled from that. We did
0: squirrel on that, man. But, uh, but about the motorcycle show, the number one quote of the entire weekend, and I was there all three days from start to finish, was, where's the Triumph booth? Because there was no Triumph booth. Uh, Which
1: is screwed up because they have all those new bikes right. out.
0: I totally agree. Uh, Triumph decided to do some different marketing, and they did these like parties. These they travel around and did parties in different locations. But you know, the total count for this year was about forty-six thousand people, forty-seven thousand people. Yeah, that's that's, that's forty-seven thousand. That's the Three day total. That's the three day total. Yeah, 40, 47, I think. think Tremendously low. Though. I think we've seen. 52,000, 55,000 is a good number for our show. So, yeah. The results I saw said that I read 47,000 one place, I read 48,000 some other place. In any case, though, if you're Triumph, you gave up the opportunity to show your products to 48,000 motorcyclists. All at one time. All at one one time. And And, and, Triumph, they
1: were all geeking. Mm -hmm. Geeking the fuck. Over the Ducati Scrambler, yes, they were. Yeah, and you have a couple Scramblers coming out. Well, I mean, they have—they
0: were geeking the fuck out of the Ducati Scrambler and the Baby Ducati Scrambler. Yeah, and the they
1: could have been going over and comparing the Triumph Scrambler.
0: Yeah, the sheer number of people that asked me where the Triumph booth was, and then I walked over to the Royal Enfield booth, and I felt terrible for the people working there because, of course, being that they're the Royal Enfield mm-hmm. booth, they—they they just said, you know, they're like, we should print shirts that just say.
4: Not there triumph. is no
0: Triumph booth. you know. So if, if you had your hopes up for your Triumph booth, you better just hang out with us over here at Royal Enfield because you're not going to see a Triumph booth. I do agree. I think that it's a huge misstep for a company like that, for a company that size who has the budget to say no to the IMS show when in just one city like Cleveland, and we have the second biggest or third biggest, depending on whose numbers you look at, IMS show. We're either number th- two or number three. <coughs> That means you're that. That's your big show. You're a and big. And we have a limited show.
2: riding season.
0: Absolutely. So.
2: But we didn't have any shootings.
0: No, 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 no shootings. No shootings. No. At least uh, not at the show. At least, yeah. Well, it was the Colorado or show that the had a Colorado, shooting? Right. Yeah. Colorado had a shooting between. At the IMS show. Yeah, at the IMS show. They had a shooting between one of their law enforcement-related motorcycle clubs and a non-law enforcement-related motorcycle club.
3: Loosely speaking.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, there was definitely an outlaw club and a... An, an outlaw
3: club with badges.
0: Well, yeah, that's that's essentially what the problem was. There was an outlaw club and an outlaw club with badges that got into a kerfuffle. No, I, like how, I
1: like how Chris put it, an in-law club. An
0: in-law club, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and, yeah, there was a shooting. Uh, and that's one of those ones where...
1: So who shot first?
0: Well, uh, in this case, it would be Han. No, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you're right. I was yeah. going to say. Huh? In this so case, it Han. would be Han that shot first. The, uh, never shot. Right, uh... But there's plenty of video. There's plenty of Star
1: Wars guys. Come on. Photographs.
0: I got it. <laughs> it's it's pretty freaking obvious. There's enough photographic evidence that you can see the guy with the gun out. <clears throat> and some people, I've read some different things on some different forums, but I could be, I could stand. History may prove me wrong, but it sounds to me like if you're interested in this kind of thing, if you're interested in when those one percenter motorcycle clubs or those uh, outlaw motorcycle clubs. What can happen at an event like an IMS show, which is a very above-boards bring-your-fucking-kids event, right? I mean, that's what the IMS show is all about. If there's a shooting at an IMS show, then that tells you that outlaw clubs or one-percenter-type clubs can really be a fucking problem, especially in somewhere like Colorado. You know, We're not talking about Detroit. We're not talking about New York City or L.A., that kind of thing. We're talking about Colorado. I mean, that's a pretty mellow... You think so that's which a,
3: club had the gun out first?
0: Well, the the long and short of it is, I think. God damn it, I don't have the name, but it's like the Iron Riders or the Iron whatever. But it's the the Iron. Uh, and I'm not prepared for this, but that's the no, law. Don't enfor- put it on your spot,
3: the, the, but that's the, the law first, enforcement. That's the law enforcement law. club. The
0: law close. The law enforcement club is the gunman. But so they the gunman, to
1: uphold the law in some point, in some way. Well, we don't. Was it a beef about bikes or broads? or I don't territory? know what the beef was
0: about. and I don't care what the beef was yeah. about. I I don't think motorcycle shows are ever the place for gunplay, right. ever. I'm surprised there weren't missing frames
3: in uh, the hey. rearranged tape it's like a Bruder. Right? Yeah. That's,
0: but apparently there was there were some other photographs that were taken after the shooting where the gunman was seen casually uh, conversing with local law enforcement, not in irons, you know, not in handcuffs, not from the back of a police car. So there's a lot of questions right now. There's a lot of people that are, a lot of members of the club that was fired upon are saying this is complete bullshit because the guy had no right to draw down and shoot one of our members and kill our member and then be seen just casually conversing with law enforcement officials. You know, Aren't
2: you, aren't you glad you weren't one of the security guys there at $11 an hour yeah. with, a, uh, with a walkie-talkie yeah. thinking? Holy shit! This is just kicked <laughs> off. I'm going young. Right.
0: Right. right, last week I was working at the boat show, yeah, and everything was cool. Yeah, yeah. and this week I'm working at the motorcycle <clears throat> show, and we have an actual fucking murder on our hands. We have an actual death on our hands. To wait till the bridal show. We have Wait till the bridal show. We have an, an
1: active shooter situation. Yeah,
0: we have an active shooter situation at a motorcycle. Which they show.
1: weren't trained
2: for.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't Good point. Don't
2: let anybody through this door. You're
1: Alice
0: Law. Yeah. You know, uh, no, with that you,
1: sandwiches or something.
0: Yeah, like that. I need to right. get that job. Those there. guys have a
1: crappy
3: job, though. I mean, it's you know. a terrible
0: job. Yeah, I—that's not my idea of a good job. And unfortunately, that's one of those jobs where James and I ran into a problem leaving the show. In we had entered two motorcycles in the bike build-off, and very clearly on my documentation, it said that as a member of the bike build-off, one of the things it says is we have access to the dock one hour prior to the show closing. Well, on Sunday, show closes at 5. James and I had a few beers, and we were enjoying the end of the show. And at about 4.20 or 4.30, we decided, okay, let's start walking these bikes out to the, the dock so we can beat this mad rush of people getting out of here. We brought the pickup truck, already staged the pickup truck in a good location so we could load the bikes up pretty easily. And we started rolling the bikes back, and we'd walked through the entire show. we got into the back loading area, and we're rolling the bikes to the back door of the IX Center. And we were Flocked is the only way I could say it. We were put upon like a french fry by seagulls uh, by security. And these guys started running up to us. And what the fuck are you doing, man? What are you doing? They said, well, we're, we're leaving the show. We're done with the show. The show's over. We're done. No, no, no. You can't move any bikes until 5 p.m. And I said, well, we have a piece of paper that says otherwise. Bullshit. Uh, and they were, a couple of the officers were incredibly, don't call them officers. They're security officers. I mean, they're they're, they're security guards, if you want to use the guard term. All right. Yeah. I would say security patrol. Patrol. Okay. So (laughs) let's just say security, you know, elements of security forces. Patrolmen. Right. Elements of security forces became really agitated with us and and escalated far too quickly because they're not good at dealing with non-escalation situations. And I said, okay, well, here, you know, don't get angry at me. I produced a piece of paper and said, look, right here it says, I'm just playing by the rules, man. It says I was supposed to move my shit out at 4 p.m., or I could move my shit out at 4 p.m. It says right there we have access to the dock 4 p.m. So I'm just doing what I'm told to do. No, and they were really, really upset. And so they called over their lieutenant, their boss, their white shirt. And he came over, and it turns out I thought, you know, lieutenant is usually going to be the voice of reason. He's the guy who's been doing this for a while. Kind of damn. <laughs> and, boy, he, he took it higher. So the point where he took it higher... At that point I will admit I became engaged in the situation, it became entertaining. And that's the worst thing for me ever is when a security guard or a toll booth collector becomes entertaining. Uh, and so at that point I was like, Well, you know, you can do whatever you want, but it's my motorcycle and I'm leaving with it. Oh, it's your motorcycle. Huh? Did you got the title? Let me see the title. And I'm like, oh, fuck you, man. (laughs) Now you've gone too far. Now you've really stumbled into someplace you really shouldn't be. And you know what? Now I am leaving with this bike. And then they decided to get into an argument about the semantics of the word. What does access to the dock mean? And access to me, according to... Pretty straight. Access means I can access the dock, which means I can either enter the dock or exit the dock. But access is another word for use... And yeah. use is another word for when you're talking about docks or doors. That means to pass through it. And they started to argue about you have access to the dock, but you can't go through it. So now they were arguing that we were allowed to have achieved the point we'd achieved, but not to go through the doorway. You may approach the threshold. You may not use the threshold. Well, that didn't work well for them because I was all too entertained at that point. I had a few yeah. beers in me, yeah. so yeah, fuck that. I have now become not combative, just fucking verbose. <clears throat> And that's worse. And so James, they they tried to hassle James when I was getting the truck ready and putting the ramp in the back of the truck. So when I came back in the door, James had now attracted the attention of five or six people.
1: Yeah. And James is sitting there going,
0: (laughs) you know what? I just work for him. You got to talk to him. And so it turned into, well, I'll tell you what, if you're not going to open up the roll-up door, there's a man door right there. We'll just walk the bikes out the man door. If union rules, and the union says you're not allowed to move anything across the floor that has four wheels, unless you pick up two of the wheels or take two of the wheels off, they, these are the kind of rules we deal with at the motorcycle show.
4: Yeah. yeah. So there's
0: yeah, these because it's union. Yeah. So these poor girls are rolling in one of those carts that you put 100 jackets on, uh-huh. and the cart they were rolling in happened to have four, four wheels. wheels on it. <laughs> oh, and security had stopped them and was saying, you can't roll this across the floor, it has too many wheels. And I said, well... Tip it up on one end and keep moving. And they went, no, you can't do that. I said, well, they're only using two wheels. And they said, no, but it has four wheels. And I said, just then, some guy went through on one of those two-wheeled dollies that happens to have two extra wheels that fold up and fold down. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, you just let him go by, and his device has four wheels on it. I (laughs) (laughs) I was like, so if I come through on roller skates, does that mean I can only come through on one heel? I got really shitty with him.
3: So what about those uh, training wheel bikes? Training oh, wheel motorcycles? You, you can't be able to push one of those
0: across. You got to call the union to move your can-am spider. They have more than two. Anything more than two? Oh, anything more than anything two? more than two? Oh, so any trike has to be? I guess. So maybe you got to pick up one of those wheels and move it. We so had what to move was the
2: final the, resolution. The final
0: resolution was I had James hold the man door open, uh-huh. and I was going to push the bikes through the man door. And that very froggy security guard, the lieutenant guy, actually got in front of me. And said he was confining me to the building and not letting he's me egress. Confining you. He was not me. letting me exit the property. And I said, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you, just, um, why don't you just call the police then? And we'll have a discussion about how you're not letting me leave with my own property. He's he,
1: improperly detaining you.
0: He's, that's what I asked him. I said, are you detaining me? I said, are you actually detaining me? Are you holding me captive in your, in your facility? Or am I free to go? And he goes, well, you can't take this bike out that door. And I said, well, we have the tickets that say we're allowed to take this bike out that door. You can't do it until 5 o'clock. I said, well, it's like 435 now, and I'm going. So you better have law enforcement ready on the other side of the door to arrest me if if they deem it so, you know, if they deem that's the right situation for an arrest, that's fine. But I'd rather deal with them than deal with you. So he actually got in front of my motorcycle and and tried to push my motorcycle <coughs> back so in the, the building. Best. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that didn't go so well for him. So at that point, I at that point I did become a little more engaged in the situation. So at that point, he decided. I said, "Well, you know." He goes. He said, "This is my building. These are this is my property, and so I'm in charge here." And I said, "So you're gonna?" I said, "Are you are you physically going to restrain me? Are you physically going to lay hands on me right now?" and James was like oh my god I was like this will be the most profitable motorcycle show ever people will have to walk through the Phil Waters Cleveland Moto door to get in because that will be one of my conditions of our settlement is that you must name a door after Cleveland Moto but
2: no more than two wheels
0: through your door and we, it might be a condition. Only, that only. might be a condition of the settlement is that we're allowed to Cleveland Motor's is allowed to bring in whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> um, we know there are people in California that can ride a motorcycle with no helmet, regardless of the fact that there's a law that says otherwise. So we were kind of I was having fun with it, but the security officer was getting extremely wound up. Like he was red in the face and he was super, super excited and agitated. The funny thing was I looked at some of the other security officers that are um, his subordinates. And I could tell they were enjoying what I was giving him. So when I saw them and I saw the looks on their faces, I decided to turn my behavior up to like a, maybe a level six or level seven of. Now you've got a pretty good relationship
2: with the people that run that down there too. So wouldn't, wouldn't yeah. you just tell the guy, look? Let me get your name because when I talk right. to so and so, we're yeah. gonna have to hammer this out because yeah. you're just being a complete tool.
0: But they're just subs for the building, yeah, right? That's all they tenable. Are. Yeah, they're yeah. they're well they have there's three Some levels of things. security in that building, which is kind of stupid and this is totally a squirrel moment, but there is tenable who is hired in for big events. They're contracted, they're uh you know, they're paid by the guy by the hour. There's their in-house security force that works at the IX Center every day of the year, and then there's also uh police officers who work in Cleveland or Brook Park that come in and work as special officers as a side job for large events like that where they have to have lawn for. That's what I said. Just, just give me a, an actual Cleveland police officer to come over here and we'll discuss things with an actual police officer. I
1: can imagine over there, a Cleveland cop come and go what's wrong? Yeah. He's trying to take this motorcycle out of him. Out of here. Well, fuck you. Get out of his way and let him do his let job. Him fucking take his bike out of here for fuck's sake. You know? <laughs> and then the Cleveland cop get back in the car. I want to get right back now. to the motorcycle show. I want to yeah. get
0: back to the motorcycle show. That's why I worked it this weekend so I could see all the bikes. Yeah, and so it was kind of funny. But that was uh, that was that. The what I loved about the motorcycle show, which I later found out was not a good thing, was there seems <clears> to be a, a, a real tightening down on the number of just ludicrous booths like the booth of the guy at least there was only one guy selling anti-fogging solution for your sunglasses this year as opposed to 20 there was at least you know only one guy selling you know boot snot you
1: no know, or say whatever any dream catchers this year well
0: the dream catchers i think has turned into all the guys selling all of the um a million patches uh, so the million patches guy the guy that's got a million different patches they're all straight from china they're like american flags and they right, will sew them on for and you they'll sew right, on there. right there that guy was busy all weekend he never stopped sewing patches on. There was a double booth of guys selling those fake uh, hoverboard electric oh, fire fuck starters. Me, really? Yeah.
2: You know the one booth that I saw was completely out of whack. There is a physician there selling
0: tattoo
4: removal. Tattoo removal. <laughs> and, yeah. And
2: <laughs> It was. You know, in theory, you'd think, well, that's a great place to go. It is to see people that may want to get rid of their tattoos. Yeah. And I'll tell you. I didn't see one person. No, there
0: was nobody in that guy's booth. So he spent a lot of money
2: into sitting around and being there for three days. Yeah.
0: You know, he might might have got a lot of
1: referrals. And there are
0: two or three booths that I noticed that are there on that one side that are booths that are always there. They're for the home show. They're there for every show. Like their whole setup is that they're just always there. And I noticed those guys were kind of on the one far corner by the stunt show. And they were selling stuff like you know rain gutters and you know just a lot of water, just a lot of water. Right, exactly.
3: The thing you could you could almost understand. Oh, of course. You know, so you're like you decided you don't want to Harley anymore. Yeah. So you're moving on to yeah. Honda Honda. And you have to get yeah. Your, your... Yeah, yeah. You got to get your wings altered. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get your wings clipped. I'm at the barber shop What's that? The barbershop. It's one. You have to yeah, one Flo's it shop. <laughs> yeah, Flo's
0: Chop <laughs> Shop. Yeah. Flo's Chop shop. shop. I checked a couple of times, and I should have taken advantage of it Friday when they first opened, when there was no line. I could have gone in there, and they were doing shaves, they were doing haircuts, and they were doing shoe shines in... They were okay. averaging about a 45-minute... Wait, they had a coffee? Yep, I had several cups of Progressive coffee. I the lady, is this for men? Because <laughs> <laughs> I ride a motorcycle. Man. Dude, I drank a lot of that <laughs> coffee. This no, is the, the cheapest coffee, drink in the building. The coffee was okay, I'm just saying. The grooming was incredibly uh, questionable. Uh, what a the person, fuck goes
2: to the motorcycle? Should
0: I get a haircut? Well, apparently...
2: Well, while you're there, you might as well get one cut.
0: Right, yeah. If you're manscaping, yeah. you should be riding Well, out. there was a fella that... Chinese whiskey skirted.
2: whiskey grade was there too yeah whiskey grade ski. was there
0: had a bunch of stuff they had some very fancy some nice clothes and like very very, very, very beautiful stuff very beautiful clothing yeah stuff I can't personally buy but the uh but what I did notice was a friend of mine a friend of a friend had said that he was waiting to get his hair cut I said okay great waiting to get his haircut he said they told me about 45 minutes and that you know he should kind of circle back and check circle back and mm-hmm. check circle back and check so he did go get a haircut And he did have an emblem shaved into the back of his closely cropped hair. (laughs) And so I did not know this. I came into the conversation late, and I saw, and legitimately, I'm not busting balls. I could not make out what the the thing was on the back of his head. I couldn't tell what it was. It turns out it was one of those, um, like if you go to Hawaii or you go to like the Virgin Islands or something, they have these turtles, the, the sea turtles. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of a logo. Yeah. Right. So he'd had a sea turtle, the outline of a sea turtle, carved in the back of his head with, you know, a trimmer. Well, I didn't know what it was. And so I heard him telling somebody else, who also didn't know what it was, that it was a sea turtle. So I came into the situation completely, he didn't know me, I didn't know him, he's a friend of a friend. He comes in, I said, oh, you got something shaved in the back of your head, they do that over there at Flo's Chop Shop. Yeah, they did. Like, that's pretty cool, they charge you extra for that. He said, they wouldn't even take a tip. They wouldn't, like, it was zero dollars. They couldn't even give them a tip. I said, that's fantastic. I said, I got to tell you, though, that's a bold fucking move at the motorcycle show having a dick shaved into the back of your head. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I thought it was going to be one of those, yeah, whatever, pal, you're really funny. (laughs) No, he got fucked, he got a little freaked out, and I said, he goes, no, it's a turtle. I was like, turtle? I said, it looks like a dick. And he goes, no, no, it's supposed to be a sea turtle. And I said, I guess if you look at it right and you know that it's supposed to be a sea turtle, I guess you could think it might be a sea turtle, but it really looks a lot more like a dick. Like a cartoon dick. You know, like one of those dicks where the dick and the balls are all the same size. Like that kind of thing. Like a mushroom cap thing. And he goes, you're fucking kidding me. And I was like, "Uh, look at it yourself. I'm sure you have a phone. Take a picture of the back of your head. That totally looks like a dick. And then he immediately unloads on his wife. You told me it looked like a turtle. You showed them what to put on there. I don't want a dick on the back of my head let's go over there right now and shave it all off and so I talked to my buddy I said well if nobody told you it was a turtle would you think it was a turtle or a dick and at that point he knew it was up and he goes goes, well yeah if I don't know it's a turtle it does look a lot like a dick (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) that's funny because you know when you're having a kid and you're going and you're getting the ultrasounds done yeah and they're they're looking for the sex of the child. Ah, yeah. You know, and when we are done, they're like, "Oh, well, you're having a girl." And yeah. Now I'm looking at the ultrasound and I'm like, how the hell? How do you, how know do you that? get that out of that? They're like, "Well, we go by the turtle burger." They're like, if it's a turtle if it looks like a turtle, it's a boy. If it looks like a burger, it's a girl. Get out of here! Really? <laughs> yeah. A
0: turtle or a burger?
1: Yeah. And then she showed me. She's like, "See that? That's." That's burger looking. I'm like, no fucking way. You're right. So
0: that's how they do it. Yeah. Yeah, because I've, seen, all, I've seen people, you know, the people that are extremely proud about having their children will show you their ultrasound photos. And believe me, that to me looks like a fish finder. Like, because oh it looks uh,
1: like something from the movie Altered States. It
0: just doesn't look like anything at all. It looks like there was a production wow. error. Well, yeah, have you seen like,
1: them now, the 3D ones?
0: No. Really?
1: They have 3D ultrasounds. Wow!
0: And then they can uh, put it in the uh, 3D clay-o-matic, the plastomatic, and make you 3D <laughs> representation of your yeah. in utero yeah. child.
2: Well, they had one of those. a 3D no,
0: printer. Oh, they did. You just print it out on the printer. Print. Yeah, exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> just print your kid out. <laughs> this is your very first photo and your very first action figure. Look at you. You were four weeks old. You yeah, were man. negative eight months old. The, the
1: 3D ones are amazing. Wow! I and mean, you, well, you can see, you can see Everything. Yeah. Wow.
0: I wouldn't want to I don't want
1: to know <laughs> I don't fucking want to know I don't want to know I, know I would love to be an ultrasound technician and just like have random pictures of like squids like, oh my oh, god okay if I we was... got the shot Shit, <laughs> yeah
0: I would have doctored up a ton of those things yeah <laughs> are you kidding baby. Me? I'd be at home <laughs> I would be at home hands, taking Godzilla toys Godzilla monster toys putting them inside a watermelon and scanning that 3D and printing it out so that when people are like, Well, we gotta to talk to you. Come on over here. Have you done any travel outside of the United States in the past say three or four months? Have you really doing anything with Zika? Right. <laughs> do you can you tell me about the father? Why do you ask? Well here's your ultrasound photo. Ah! <laughs> You're fucking awesome man. That would be the most fun ever. I would get fired so fast. Yeah. <laughs> there's about a million Mr. Rallia,
2: jobs. Mr. please report the human resources. <laughs> Damn it, not again.
0: I right, wait. Can you stop and clean your locker out on the way? Yeah. You don't bother, it's out by your car.
1: <laughs> you show up and they just have a brown box. Your shit. Hey there, Godzilla
0: guy. Having some fun at work today? Smartass. Yeah, there's a 36-year-old lady in trauma right now who's never going to get her shit back together again. <laughs> You told her she was having a lizard baby.
2: <laughs> she shit all the way down the hallway too. Oh God damn it! Fucking Some hilarious. So the people down at housekeeping want to talk to you too. <laughs>
0: you are the worst. You're the worst fucking ultrasound. radio technology. Yeah, ultrasound technologist ever. So uh, we'll, we'll try to get back on motorcycles if we might briefly <laughs> again. Oh, the city of Cleveland, our fair city. Uh, has decided that we're a few years ago. They decided we we're going to host the Republican Republican National Convention in our our town, 2016. which has meant that we have gotten new everything. We got new buses. We got new roads to put the buses on. We
1: have a new public square. Our
0: public square has been completely inverted. Is like, it done yet? Was no, it no it's, it's, it's not done. It's yeah. It'll, it'll be done. It'll be done two weeks after the Republican yeah. Convention. Yeah, right. <laughs> and the airport is totally torn up. Is it really? Oh man! It's, it's why oh, don't yeah, they just redo it? Why life. don't they just open Gate Nine? Why don't they just or Gate D? Why don't they just open Concourse D again? And yeah. you know when <laughs> well, they should? Because they you, don't
1: want to give them the D. Okay, <laughs> the, the
0: Republicans don't want the D. Yeah, you have to name <laughs> they're, it. You they're name very it,
1: much against that. It,
0: you can name it Concourse R for while they're in town, right? Because <laughs> we built a perfectly good concourse on our airport to host United Airlines. And It's beautiful and it's huge. It's a small city. And then United Airlines. Fuck, and then United promptly left. And but they're allowed leave. to open it because they right. still hold they the lease hold the still, lease on it. right, which yeah. which is ridiculous. Yeah. Tell me that's not going to turn into like chartered, like the official charter concourse for the Republican National Convention because that'd be smart. You could shuttle all that traffic <coughs> over there. But anyway, one of the many many things that our city's spending a lot of money on is fifteen brand new motorcycles for the police department, and so. uh one of please Mark, tell me the
1: right BMWs. hold on please, on. Oh, I a know, BMW. please so i won't.
0: so RGPs. i was told about this they're going to be road kings it's uh it's a closed bid and they're it, they are not specifying and i went through so uh uh one of my relatives told me about this opportunity cuz that's pretty fucking cool right i would love to sell them 15 of anything just moto guzzi
4: so, well, as luck
0: would have it, yeah, they do. California? I mean, the, the California Touring California, is already being used by law enforcement officers. And, of course, the Norgay... In California. Well, yeah, and the Norgay has been the official police motorcycle of Berlin, the city, since many, many years ago. Wow, Berlin, why
1: wouldn't Berlin
0: use BMWs? That's a good question, because they could get BMWs for free, right. yet they decide to pay money for Moto mm. What does that say about BMWs? Hmm, Strange. Uh, we'll just chalk that one up to the Berlin Police Department. Either smart or stupid, we're not sure. But they've been using Motoguzzi Nordyce for several years. It's the official police department, the official motorcycle of the Berlin Police Department. And yeah, that is a slap in the face to BMW. But, so I got pretty excited about this. <coughs> and then I went online, I found the document. It's a 69-page document that you have to read and familiarize RFP. yourself with. What's that? An RFP? RFP. No, a PDF. Oh.
1: God, we work on those all the time. We've right? got
0: to work on the RFPs. The, uh, so I did look at RFP. the... Uh, it
1: might be an RFQ.
0: Well, I look, it's a PDF file, and it's really, really big. And so I started reading it. And don't ever read this. This is the worst thing you can ever do. Well, the first thing is, if you do want to submit a bid, you have to put in a 5% bond for the contract amount. So you can't just be like, Wacky Harry, you're going to submit some bids... And see if we get them, you know. Tonight. Right, yeah, exactly. So you do have to put some money up front to make sure you're not wacky hairy, to make sure you're legit. And it specifically says any brand, any make, any model. Right? We're not holding this down to a manufacturer. This is open to all motorcycle manufacturers. Cleveland Cycle Works. Well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland Cycle And that's the day I'm going to be running amok <laughs> <muck> downtown. <laughs> Catch me. No, here.
1: Here, I'll stay in second gear. I'm on a
0: Buddy 125. Catch me. Do your best.
2: I'll wait for you at this light. Right. I'll sandbag you a little
0: bit. Yeah. Um, every, here, I'll take a pillion. Every red light, you got to smoke a cigarette. So, the... Uh, so I went and read it, and I, God, I should have printed the son of a bitch off. But, so the criteria for the motorcycle, the criteria of the motorcycle, I was curious. Must I want to know. Seat. No, no, the criteria of the motorcycle is basically if you took the text sheet for a Harley Davidson FLHP and took the words Harley Davidson off of it and FLHP off of it. It tells you what gear ratios the motorcycle has to have for all six speeds. It tells you what the braking system, the anti-lock braking system has to be. And it uses Harley-Davidson's trademarked nomenclature for their reflex braking system. So all they did was take the spec sheet from Harley-Davidson's motorcycle, take the word Harley-Davidson off the top of it, and leave all the other critical data. I mean, right down to bore and stroke, right down to type of exhaust, and then it gives the kicker that says all 15 motorcycles must be equipped with the Screamin' Eagle Chrome Decorative and uh, Durable Components Package. Well, that immediately rules you out if you happen to be trying to sell them an Indian or a Victory or a fucking Moto or, or anything else because it specifically tells you which accessory package the motorcycle must be equipped with, and it happens to be screaming eagle which is the house brand of harley davidson so
1: yeah.
0: you know we're not telling you that we're excluding all the other brands but we're excluding all the other brands so i read this thing and it was hilarious and i really i really got a chuckle out of it cuz it was one of the most ridiculously over documented things i'd ever seen when what they should have just said is we're holding we're going to buy 15 more harley davidsons and what it did say was that whoever takes this deal must also agree to take in trade 10 2003 Harley-Davidson motorcycles that the police are currently using. So whoever takes the deal and that they must have the service department that is designed to work. So we all know that this deal is going to Southeast Harley-Davidson because Southeast Harley-Davidson has been doing the service maintenance and support of uh, Cleveland's police department for 30 years. So this open bid is really just a letter to Southeast Harley-Davidson. But we can't say that we're playing favorites, so we make it out to an open... Oh, no,
1: because they're a public... Right. It's it's a city. They have to put it out there. first. All
3: you have to do is listen to the mayor speak, Mm -hmm. and you see why the city is
0: so screwed up. Yeah. So, I mean, really, what do they do? In an interesting side note, page 14 talked all about the Northern Ireland Employment Clause. And it specifically says, if your company does business with Northern Ireland, check here. If your company doesn't do business with Northern Ireland, check here. If your business might do business with Northern Ireland, check here.
2: So what's the significance of that?
0: I didn't know. I thought maybe it was like, oh, we're trying to keep Northern Ireland... No. What it is, is in 1980-something, Northern Ireland came up with an employee law. Basically like OSHA. They come up with an OSHA-type law. And the city of Cleveland, or maybe North Ireland, said... That anybody, anybody willing to do business with us must be willing to meet our OSHA-type regulations. And they have got it somehow that it's in boilerplate in every fucking bid in the city of Cleveland that you have to say that if you're, if you're a business and you do whatever the fuck it is you do, you install ceiling fans, and you're a company that happens to sell ceiling fan parts to Northern Ireland to be built in Northern Ireland, that you have to prove that your company and the company you're working with are in uh, compliance compliance with the, with the Northern Ireland employment clause or law. It's the weirdest damn thing, and it has no business being in a Cleveland document because why don't we have one in there for Somalia or Scotland or France or Germany or whatever the fuck you know. Canada!
2: I, yeah? I wondered, since Cleveland's got such a an irish background whether it's an orange versus green issue
0: too it could be an orange versus green issue it could it could absolutely but yeah. i just thought it was very weird that it was in this That's document odd. That's like odd. in you know huh. in 69 pages of how to get your bids submitted for selling us motorcycles two of those pages had nothing to do with anything except northern ireland Not Canada, not Mexico, Northern fucking Ireland. Yeah. And it didn't say, like... That's fucking weird. It didn't say, if you will... And I'm Irish. It it doesn't say, if you work with Northern Ireland, you can't have the contract. And it doesn't say, if you work with Northern Ireland, you're going to be looked upon more favorably. It just says, if you work with Northern Ireland, Ireland, you have to be able to prove with documentation that you are abiding by Northern Ireland's version of OSHA. Now, if anybody out here in the world is some kind of, like, an urban planning bidding dude who knows more about that, shoot us a fucking email, because I'd like to know more about it. And uh, I searched on it, and the funny thing was that I typed in Northern Ireland employment something something, whatever this little phrase was, into Google. Now, you'd think those words come up quite frequently. Uh The first three things that came up were all city of Cleveland, yeah, yeah. Wow. So even Northern Ireland doesn't use those five words in a row as much as we do. So it's kind of
3: funny. It's just a weird thing. Well, Cleveland's like an Agenda 21 city. What the fuck does that even mean? That's they—they're they, following this uh, decree by the United Nations to mm-hmm. like eliminate like people using vehicles and to force people into the city to live in the city. Oh, really? And, like, <clears throat> make it a. Uh,
1: well, that's why they're building them. so much living space downtown. Right.
0: So that's why they're turning our public square into a non-navigable area. Right. Right. Okay. And it. It. really, Cleveland
3: is becoming non-for-cars. Yeah. It's really difficult to drive in. The I bus agree. lane's in the right lane in one area. Oh, don't try to turn on the left Euclid lane, Avenue. lane in yeah. another area. Yeah. You can't drive in this lane. You can't yeah. drive this lane. There's so many freaking signs downtown. Yeah.
0: I don't know how we haven't crashed more vehicles. Oh, I'm sure there's thousands of crashes on Euclid Avenue. Oh, because they took our major thoroughfare and made it so that, like, if you're driving a car, oh, it's the Euclid corridor. It's the Euclid corridor. It's you know. Yeah, do
1: you have any idea what's happening down there? I wish
0: they would have done streetcars because at least with streetcars they can't come off the tracks. Yeah, no, right. No yeah.
1: D- downtown right now. There are two fucking major projects going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: One of them is right across the street from the building my company's in. Yeah, which is 40 acres of parking lot. Yeah,
0: it's monstrous.
1: It's now going to be forty acres of a Strip giant park. fucking building. Mm-hmm. They're going to put a Whole Foods in there. They're going to put all sorts of retail, and then there's going to be a high rise of living space. Well, that's
0: what people have been arguing that our city needs for a long, long time is more people living <clears throat> downtown. Which is funny because every and then time they're they... building the same thing, they're building
1: yeah. a closed off neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, right down on the harbor. Wow, by the Brown Stadium and all that. Yeah, it's gonna It's actually is that going to be have...
0: adjacent to the million dollar? projects, the projects that have the best view of the lake that you've ever seen in your life? It's going to be right there. Really?
1: Yeah. It's it's a closed community. Uh, so it's going
0: to be next to that one?
1: It's going to be right... Because they're not
0: going to tear those projects down.
1: No, it's going yeah. to be right by... What's uh,
0: 25th? No, the, the, yeah. Right the by the West stadium. West be right, yeah. right by the stadium. Yeah. Okay, got it. And,
1: uh, I mean, they're going to have everything from a to K-12 school there. Yeah. Wow. I mean, a, a grocery store, everything. Like, It's going to be like this commune,
0: like you don't even have to fucking leave. Is it going to be? What's our Brown Stadium? Is that Progressive Field? Who owns that yeah, Brown Stadium? Is that Progressive Field? So it's going to be no, progressive, progressive High School. Is baseball stadium. No, yeah, Progressive first,
3: first,
1: first Energy.
0: stadium. So it's First Energy High School. I thought it was the House of Failure. <laughs> no, no, no! It's, it's the, the
1: Factory ha- of the Factory of yeah. <laughs> It's
0: the number one export of Cleveland. Yeah, <laughs> the house, house of it. Failure. House of oh, Failure. failure. Oh, I gotta failure. tell you, the, we're
1: losing Johnny <laughs> Football.
0: I don't. I once again doesn't matter to me. It's a. Uh, I delivered the scooter back to Tito Francona. So we picked his scooter up because um, those guys who are baseball fans know that our general manager right They were
3: talking about that scooter on
0: happens W-T-A-M. every year cuz they're doing the load up they're taking yep. the bikes all they're taking everything to Arizona. Right
3: and they were talking for about spring that training scooter the whole time. Get the fuck out no, of here. No, I'm serious. Were they really? No cuz I was I was thinking oh you he right I mean I know you had mentioned We don't it pay before. for that. No, no. <laughs> but I know you would mentioned it before. They're like, yeah. did oh. they
1: ever say Cleveland Moto?
3: They didn't say Cleveland Moto, but they were talking about. Oh, we heard there's a you know a black scooter. I delivered the, it this morning. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, and yeah. what else is on that truck? But we know the scooters are yeah. there, and yeah. what we heard there was like 25 cases of cigar or bubble gum can, or something I going. I can on. absolutely
0: <laughs> guarantee the order that came down when I picked the bike up last week said, if you don't have this bike back here for loading on Friday, it's your ass. Like the power of the Cleveland Indians basically told me, have this bike back here in time for load in for spring training or it's your fucking ass. And when I picked the bike up for service last week, picked the bike up, took it away. Everybody was, they all make a big goddamn deal about that fucking bike. And so I picked the bike up, took it away, and then when I brought it back today in running good condition, because he doesn't ride it enough, so like the carb gets dirty and everything else. But
1: was he just riding around for spring training
2: or something? Yeah, he rides it around. But he rides it back and forth when he lives in Cleveland.
0: Yeah, yeah, he does. To and I've seen him stadium. riding it. Yeah, I've seen him riding it several from, times. From
2: his yeah. apartment.
0: He's only put like two hundred miles on it since we sold it to him. He's this is the second one we sold him. But when I took it there this morning and I was um, down at field level. So I was down at field level in the docks. And I was waiting for the porter, you know, the guy who handles that. The white shirt. Well, you know, yeah. I was waiting for him to show up, so So I had nothing better to do. So I usually, when I'm delivering a bike back from service, I like to make sure people understand it's working correctly. So I fired it up, and I'm riding it all around all the catacombs underneath the, uh, (laughs) underneath the, uh, it's not the Jake anymore, but... I'm riding it around. I still call it the Jake. I call it the Jake, too. So. <laughs> the baseball field. Yeah, I'm riding it around and having fun. And, you know, eventually, as I do, I will start doing wheelies. If you let me on any motorcycle long enough, I will start <laughs> especially doing especially wheelies. Especially on private property. Especially on private property. And so I'm down there, brum, you know, wheelie this way. Brum, wheelie that way. Brum, wheelie that way. And, uh...
1: Oh, let's just crash the bike
0: while we're delivering. Well, some <laughs> member of the tribe, some Indians ball player, I don't know, could have been anybody... Uh, he came down. He goes, "Oh man, what'd you do? Did you put a, did you put a V eight in that thing?" He goes, "Tito's gonna be flying all over the place now." And I was like, "Yeah, well, we put a, we put a turbo on it, so you know he can keep up with traffic now." And he goes, "Man," he goes, "I didn't know it could wheelie." And he's like, "I said, I bet you Tito didn't know it could wheelie either." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, it'll wheelie." Technically, anything
1: can wheelie. You just have to be determined enough. If you're determined enough, you can wheelie goddamn near
0: anything. And I'm pretty determined. So that was kind of fun. So, yeah, we delivered that bike back so we could go to spring <coughs> training with them. So that's kind of cool. I had no idea it was going to be on the radio. I've seen news feeds before where they've done, like, the live feed from the load-in. And they always make a big deal about the fucking scooter. Yeah. They're always like, and they, there
3: goes, it, they made they, a big deal. There
0: goes that, Tito's so. scooter. And, you know, Tito's got a buddy, that you know, a buddy 125. And every time the buddy goes to spring training, it's a big fucking deal, I guess. Hey I man, didn't put it together when I was listening to it. But anything that, said that I... yeah, anything that gets us anything that gets us out there and a little well more well known. A guy that I sold a uh, Moto Guzzi to today, who came up from Pittsburgh to buy it, works at a cycle gear shop in Pittsburgh, and he said that one of his customers came in talking all about the Cleveland Moto podcast.
1: <laughs> nice
0: hey Thanks. that's alright that's pretty it, cool those fucking
1: drunk assholes don't know what the hell they're talking about <laughs> <laughs> they, were
0: asking, they were probably asking do you know of a good podcast I can listen yeah. to <laughs> since you guys are cycle gear and your fingers firmly on the pulse of motorcycle activity
2: there you go yeah
0: so yeah this and guy Chinese made goods well I mean it's you know it's Harbor Freight for motorcycles I suppose you know so yeah that's kind of cool so Steve tell me a little bit about this article you read today that I believe was written. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it. In the out. past tense from the future.
3: Right. <laughs> I have, I, have, I happen to have some app that gives you like all the motorcycle feeds, like okay. the R, RSS feeds from just from all these different things. stuff. Yeah. So I, I was waiting. I was having a couple of beers, watching the Cavs game, and um, they had the ten best values for motorcycles. Wow.
0: Wow, okay. Yeah.
3: But that's something evidently that, when that before, pertains before to my interest. started discussing this. Yeah. These motorcycles weren't from present, they were from the future. future. <laughs> 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 because they said the, the number ten bike was the uh, the Moto Guzzi V nine. But the new the two bikes right. were talked about a few the, weeks ago. <laughs> new the new which moto- is a reality but not. It's a reality yeah. but it's like they
0: said that this I don't was think a, you can buy them in Italy yet.
3: Yeah. So how do they even know if they're a value? <laughs> I and mean, that's what. And so right. you went down the list. It was uh, the V nine, the the uh, Ducati Scrambler, something six, something which just came out. We, oh yeah, yeah, the
0: yeah, 62, 62. So that's yeah, the 400cc. That it was like the word <coughs> 60 with two. Yeah, that's the that's the 400cc Ducati Scrambler that we did see at the show, but you cannot purchase and own yet. I don't think. Okay, so that was one of their. So that's another value future bikes. vehicle. Yeah, right? their
3: number one bike was the BMW 310 G. Where the fuck you can you buy it? one of those? You I can't. have no clue. They had yeah. the uh, SV 650, which you trip over those as You walked out. Yeah, the road, yeah, that's so, yeah, that's not uh, a yeah. The and they Olympics had a, except uh, for that 50. new SV650, no, they they
0: <sighs>
3: but there's a few other ones in there. But then they had this one uh, Chinese dirt bike looking thing that. And how would you? And it's not available in the United States till March. Okay. They said they're going to release it in March. or They're going to sell it for eighteen ninety five in March. And then if you don't get like the first X number of orders, it goes up to twenty five. Um, that sounds
0: like what the what the California Scooter Company did when they launched their Cyclone. Was the first the early adopters bought the bike at a very very discounted price, and then the price went up to the normal MSRP? But honestly, if it's an eighteen hundred dollar two hundred and fifty cc motorcycle, um, right? They said it looks like. Did a, they uh, throw the word Honda around a lot while they
3: were talking about it? They <laughs> That's usually threw the... the word. Yeah, they, they said uh, it's very similar to a CR two hundred and fifty L. It casts the same shadow on the wall as Honda CR two hundred and fifty L. Right, and it uses a. Mo- it uses it's a probably using the same
1: castings that China makes the parts for Honda for the CR. I don't trial. even
0: think that that's. I don't even believe for a second that's true.
1: But I don't. I mean, I hate to cheat and look at
3: my well, phone. Well,
0: you can. I mean, will we'll, while you're looking it up because well, that actually, sounds like a Actually, I, I heard item.
1: A, a good story recently. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know how for years us as motorcycle guys and mechanics and working on them mm-hmm. have had to deal with the just awfulness of Chinese products. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm pleased to say that our car friends yeah. are going to feel our pain soon. No. Chinese cars are coming to They're America.
0: allowing Chinese cars to enter the United States marketplace. In the next two years. Oh, sweet buttery Jesus. They are going to be flooding
1: the market. So,
0: can we... We <coughs> can't call this Yugo version 2.0.
1: Well, no, because they're not Yugoslavian; they're Chinese. Okay. all right. we got so to call them Chago. Chago.
0: Dude, I can, I can tell you what I'm going to call it right now. And that is... A lot of extremely angry, angry car mechanics. Uh,
1: They're they're planning on having a lot of the manufacturing of the cars will be done in China, but a lot will also be done in Mexico, like assembly in Mexico. Assembly in Mexico, yeah. It is cheaper. It's much cheaper to ship containers of parts parts
0: to Mexico and have them do final assembly (coughs) in Mexico. You
1: don't don't have to ship titles with parts. That's right. That's right. So uh, I guess the plan is to the first few cars are going to be. You know, designed and built in China, shipped, assembled in Mexico, and then pushed over the border into the U.S. Press.
0: And then, uh, you know, there were companies that we dealt with years ago that sold motorcycles that were that exact same thing. They, were, they showed up in containers in Mexico. They were lightly assembled, meaning the wheels were put on, in Mexico. Harley? No. Uh, and then, right next to the name of the company, it said, Made in America. <clears throat> because Mexico is in... North America. North America. And so it said Made in America, and eventually they had to take that off of there. But they did run for a long time with a big American flag on their logo and on their banner stating that this Chinese motorcycle, which was lightly assembled in Mexico, was made in America. And fucking idiots... I mean, American buyer is not a savvy buyer. They just saw Made in America for twenty eight ninety nine and they fucking bought it. Well, to me, I, part of me says, good, that helps thin the future gene pool for the rest of us that are smarter than to make those decisions. You know, go this ahead, scene, man. What you got? Number
3: ten was uh, the V nine Romer Bobber. Romer, right? There's a Romer Bobber. and there's a Bobber, right? And the nine is Indian Scout
0: sixty, which we did sit on the show. We did like that bike at the show, right? And and that is although a good.
3: Although AT and T is a slowest network, the KTM six ninety, okay, that's which out. is a good, That's That's a great bike. A good bike. bike. So yeah. that great actually bike. I could
1: see should be on understood. The list. I, I was loving the hell out of that bike at the
0: show. Well you know what? Not only is it viable now, but it's also probably viable two years from now when this article is written.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Christmas was, was making me sit on anything that looked like a Motor at the show. Triumph oh, hold your bag, sit Street on that. Twin. You loved it.
0: Triumph Street Twin, yeah, once again, yeah. Yeah.
3: The Yamaha XSR nine hundred.
0: Yep, I like that bike. And it's and once again that was another bike that was at the show. No price listed. No price listed, but we saw it. We sat on it, right? And we thought Not it was a good looking bike. Yeah. And yeah, if you're a
3: Steelers fan, it'll really look. Oh, if you're a Steelers fan, <laughs> that's your fucking bike right yeah. there. That's your jam. Yeah. The sixty, the scrambler, 62. scrambler sixty-two. We talked. I remember about. some of these. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. So the SV six fifty, right? And. Um, Justin, was the SV's? CBR 500R? CBR 500R. Which, I mean, that is actually a great Absolutely. Value a bike. Absolutely, that is a fantastic bike. Yeah, was the, a, um, <clears throat> and the was the sv
0: 310 The G310, which yeah. is another bike that I'm that's sure two strong. years from now will represent a very good value in motorcycles. Also Chinese built. What about the SV? Uh, the SV was the SV fuel injected? Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, yeah, it would have to be. I guess my wife's yeah. SV is fuel injected. We um, we were having a little bit of fun in the Suzuki booth. Not (laughs) intentional. (laughs) That (laughs) poor guy trying to
1: defend his product.
0: Yeah, I feel bad for him. The best thing that ever came to that was ever put on any bike ever. um, if you walk through the Suzuki dealership this year, or if you walk through the booth, you're gonna hear the word instant start. (laughs) 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 Well yeah, man, but I know you're talking about this bike and that bike, and I was just simply trying to I was simply trying to point out that the new SV-650 is in no way better than a 10-year-old SV650. Because the 10-year-old bike had fuel injection. I would it honestly say start. worse. Well, and then we started pointing out things about the bike that were actually worse. Yeah. And that is the quality of the forks had apparently gone down. The quality of the suspension You're has certainly gone... Yeah, and... The quality the, of the body the panels. The quality of the body panels felt really shitty. They,
1: they felt like Chinese The brittle.
0: switch gear. Yeah, the switch gear on it felt really shitty. It felt very brittle. And so we were just noting, I mean, because we know a thing or two about SVs around here. So when we're looking at a brand new one in the booth, it's pretty easy for us to kind of stab it with our fingers and go, Ooh, I like the other one better. Ooh, I like the other, oh, that's weird. <clears throat> and this guy, like, like his pager went off that said, somebody's besmirching our product in the $90,000 booth we paid for
1: you must defend it at all
3: costs. And he
0: swooped in and really fucking defended the shit the out of his was
3: You know the one thing I have to say yep. about Suzuki is that they had every bike they mm-hmm. ever every made, bike that they
0: ever yeah. leaned on was in that booth. Oh, but
3: it was, and it was, it was kind of nice to see. A company had every bike... Every fucking Suzuki, bike. But, right. Honda you know. was the same
1: way. Yeah.
0: yeah. It was they, 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 they
1: had their entire fucking dirt bike line.
0: I lost an down, argument down because the of the, the Suzuki booth. Because I thought there was no way in hell Suzuki mm. was still selling the single cylinder Suzuki Savage. The LS650. I think they had three of them in there. I, I couldn't believe it. And I got walked <clears> over there by a guy who was like, no, no, they're relevant. I'm like, no, they're not relevant. You can't convince me that motorcycle's relevant. He goes, no, they're brand new, and he walked me over, and sure as shit, there was a brand new, still carbureted, still (laughs) still CV-carbed... Just
1: awaiting a a Lycra kit.
0: Just a Lycra kit, yeah. A A Lycra kit's a little different. (laughs) A little little
1: more gay. (laughs) No, not gay.
3: Not at
0: all. No. Just streamlined. You have to throw a dollar in the jar. (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. That shit was Um, Camaro. Camaro. Way to go. Way to go, Shane. uh, But not... Like he did tell us about the instant start, and I think maybe we let him say it. Oh, he told f- us about it like five times. Okay, but I think we let him say it the first time, and we didn't jump. The, like he didn't set the hook. So like we but just. Was in, but Chris didn't hear it very well because
3: he was in this <laughs> like like semi reclined position with a like, ninety year old guy was talking about job. smoked meat. <laughs>
0: How is it that you find the only other guy, or did you just say, who likes Some bacon? <laughs> somebody who makes went, sausage here? Somebody was like, I like smoked meats. And, Sh- and Chris was like, come on over. No. Yeah, and then they went
3: out to the Cutco.
0: Oh, <laughs> the my Cutco. God. They did a Cutco display. They cut a can in half. And so what he said, and to get to back to the scroll we're chasing, the uh, what he said was that the new Suzuki sv 650 is equipped with instant start. And so I asked him, because after the third or fourth time he said it, I fucking said, all right, you got me. Explain to me why it's better. Now, I'm going to paraphrase. But what he told me was, to start the motorcycle, all you have to do is just literally momentarily press the start button. Just momentarily press the start button. Meaning that you do not need to maintain pressure on the start button button. until the motor sustains combustion, because that's such a fucking chore. And I asked him, I said, so wait, I said, so if I just walk up to this bike and just press that button, it's going to start, like it's got a sensor for my key fob or something. No, 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 no. You still need to put the key in it. Oh, okay. And then I got to make sure it's in neutral, of course. Yeah, you got to make sure it's in neutral, of course. Okay. And because it's a Suzuki, I got to both have the side stand up and hold the clutch. Yes. Yes. But then as soon as I press that button, no, it's going to start. But no, the, the clutch is disabled. I don't no, think the get, clutch has to be in. Oh, I thought he yeah, said I, the I, clutch. The has to be in. The side, side, side stand
1: be can be down as long as it's
0: in neutral. As yeah. long as it's in neutral, the side stand can be down. I Correct. thought he said that. It's no different than any pulled. other Suzuki's been for the past 20 goddamn years. <laughs> oh, right? It's been no different. How many times have we got on the Suzuki and we did what? We started the motor up and then we put the bike in gear and it stalled. Because the side stand was down, what's a really good safety feature? Don't get me wrong. Oh no, I like that. It traps my wife all the time. I love it. <laughs> Every time we leave the driveway, only one of us leaves the driveway. The only time it somebody else gets the starter bike again.
1: If if you're off road and on, uh, you know, yeah. a more dirt bikey yeah. Suzuki, your side stand. Oh, it bounces. Yeah. It, no, no, it's already bounce. happened
0: to me on the SV. Yeah,
1: and it'll bounce
0: and and <coughs> shuts the motor toe, right the motor. off. Already happened to what? me on the bike. Yep. Yeah. Happened fact, to me on the SV. One one of the yeah. biggest,
1: uh, yeah. like little
0: mods. Yeah. for the DRZ
1: Get is rid of the side stand bypass yeah
0: bypass the switch yeah. because I've done <clears> it on the SV I've, I've hit some <clears throat> well because but the, str- the spring at that point isn't really holding it up the spring the yeah, spring already contracted it's already, contracted, contracted. Right, it's already yeah. contracted yeah so the, the stronger spring doesn't seem to help it I tried that and on the SV when I clear the tracks down here when I yeah. clear the tracks down here every time I land the bike it shuts the motor off which is not an awesome time to have the motor shut off well you probably shouldn't jump the tracks it's my fucking bike. <laughs> it's your wife's bike. It's my, okay, it's my wife's bike. It's my neighborhood. I'll jump the tracks. So I don't want to jump the tracks. How many, I don't get very opportunities to go, yeah, and that's a good <laughs> moment to go, Yee-hoo, yeah. Yeah, but the second that loses contact, woop, right, the motor, motor shuts off. Yeah. yeah, it does it on her bike about every fifth jump. Yeah, so the, uh, but that's like that instant start thing. And we decided, so if you, because I start my wife's bike all the time, I'm pretty familiar with it. It's fuel injected. I press the button. I really never have to hold that button more than, I'd say, a half of a second. Tops. So your
2: finger's not cramping up. No,
0: no, I'm not having fatigue. All right, I don't think this is a major... Like, If there were things I would change on the motorcycle, that wouldn't necessarily be the first one I'd be worried about. And so far to date, every time I've pressed that button, the motor has started. So it's not a failure item. But now, apparently, there is another logic circuit involved, which mm. to me is never a good thing. That Now there's another logic circuit involved that says, just like my Toyota truck, the second that I touch the key to the crank position, it goes into the starting protocol. Regardless of like, I really go, oh shit, I didn't really mean to do that. I was just listening to the radio or whatever. Like in a normal car, I could just tap the starter and go, oh fuck, I didn't really want to start it. In this particular truck's case, it goes, oh no, you must have wanted to start me. Let's go through the whole protocol. And now you've got a running truck. You're in launch contact. Well, and even though the key's in the off mode, the truck's still running. So, and then it then it shuts off and realizes I didn't really mean to do that. So apparently instant start mode. Now, what did we figure out that would save us? The advantage to instant start mode is if it takes me a half a second to start my motorcycle. But Steve's motorcycle now has instant start mode. So it takes you, what did we figure, a tenth of a second to press that button? Yeah, so you're saving. Four but, but tenths I mean, of a second.
3: Wait, I would say that. Even yeah. at right. pushing it like that, yeah. you're still at a half a you know right. a quarter of a second
0: maybe. Sure. So, so we're saving, figuring
1: out so per, ultimately... per 100 starts, you'd save about 45 seconds.
0: I don't even think you'd be that far. I think per 100 starts, you'd probably be at... Between a half seconds. Two and a half seconds, yeah.
1: No, between a half seconds. Life is precious.
0: Seconds. No, you're saving about a
3: quarter of a second. Quarter of a second per start. So maybe okay. 20, 25 seconds. seconds start. Yeah. Maybe 25 20 seconds so over the course of, course,
1: of 100 yeah, starts. Quarter second times... Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be 25 seconds. 25 seconds, seconds yeah. right?
0: Math. Or 4 seconds. Math! Yeah, yeah, math. A second per, so, 25, starts, 25 so 25 whole seconds per year. That that, that instant start was going to save you 25 whole seconds per year. You Thank fly, you, Suzuki. You can't buy time. 25 sure. seconds per year. 25 whole seconds. The finish, funny thing is, it doesn't save... if your it time doesn't time save any
1: wear and tear I mean, on the starting system. No, and it just creates... whether you have to hold that oh, yeah, button it for it to matter. start, or whether you tap that button for it to start... Your starter still does the same of course amount of it turns.
0: Is. Of course it is. But it's saving me 25 seconds, which at a dollar an hour, because I love myself, that's 25 cents. Mm-hmm. But you're really not saving
3: anything because <clears throat> Maybe it's starting six. the same way it would start if you... Right. hit the button, and yeah. you're moving
0: off at the same time. But like, it was an important yeah. enough feature that we got to... your
1: house anytime sooner. Well, and the yeah. problem
0: is it took him about seven minutes to explain it to us. So <laughs> he already... lost The fucker... <laughs> you know what, at this point... Yeah, you're part, you're, you're, really behind you're this down discussion.
1: to 18 minutes I, now. I, I love the, how <laughs> we broke it down uh, to him. He was yeah. just like, yeah.
0: Yeah, and the point is it took him seven <laughs> minutes to realize it really wasn't that big of a deal, but that seven minutes, based on his technology, he owes us a motorcycle.
3: <laughs> he was really... Yeah. He, he was,
0: really was, was super duper defending his product, and it's better to just be cool at the show. And it wasn't like we hit him on Sunday when he was fatigued. <sighs> it was Friday. To get
1: me fuel injection for my DRZ. He's forgiven.
0: It was very funny that when you mentioned the whole fuel injection for the DRZ thing, <clears> he, <throat> he was like, "Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's, there's really, there's really no excuse for that." Because yeah, he had nothing to say. Parked right next to it yeah. is the TU250 with fuel injection. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so you can't say that it's a company problem. Because the TU250's had fuel injection pretty much since I've known the bike.
1: And it's not a dirt bike problem because, like, basically almost every other modern dirt bike on the planet there has are, fucking fuel injection. There are
0: hojillions of motorcycles, dirt bike, that are Kickstart only that are fuel injected. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and even the lowly Yamaha SR400, which is Kickstart only, is fuel injection. So realistically, these companies have no excuse for not having fuel injection on these bikes at this point, other than being cheap. WR
1: fifty fuel injected.
0: They just need to not be so damn cheap about it. Put fuel injection on these motorcycles. What's it going to cost you per goddamn bike? Yeah, and we're by not the way, guys. We're that not that LS LS six fifty, which they're now calling a Boulevard thirty or whatever fucking horrible name they've hung <laughs> on it. One of the myriad thousands of different versions of a Boulevard there are. Because all Suzuki motorcycles now apparently have to be some version of a boulevard. But that thing that they've been trotting out for how long, just like the Honda Rebel that would never go away, um, hasn't had a damn thing changed on it for just about ever. And what do we got? We got a motorcycle that's carrying a price tag of like $6,900 or $7,400. That's not a cheap bike for a one-cylinder, one-carburetor, not even chain drive, not even shaft drive, like a big rubber band belt drive motorcycle. You can't, I mean, yeah, granted it's a 650 and it's not like a 250 or something. But shit, that's a lot of money for a motorcycle that's just got very few fucking parts, you know.
3: The, the we more know? they
0: change things in
3: that, like the more Suzuki tries to make things different, mm-hmm. the more I like the v strom yeah, well, of course, I love the v strong I mean, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I agree. That seems to be yeah. like the same. You start and, to and appreciate I mean, the v strong I think the I might not have liked it a few years play. ago, but that bike I liked in that booth after looking at what they have to offer now. And of course, that the Kawasaki we looked at the
0: we looked at the Kawasaki Versys, and we looked at the Kawasaki KLR and the Africa Twin, and, right? And we determined that between the Versys and the KLR, there's just so much more performance available in the Versys with fuel injection and twin cylinders and all this good, good technology, that the KLR now is really starting to look like they should be charging a hell of a lot less money for that motorcycle. There shouldn't be just like three payments difference between a KLR and a Versus. But can you shoot a Versus with a shotgun and still ride it home? I don't know, but... Owning a motorcycle and getting shot with a shotgun are not on the same list of cr- criteria for <laughs> I'm buying I'm pretty sure you
1: could probably shoot the KLR and ride it. Yeah, but I it.
0: haven't had to shoot any of my KLRs or anything else in my garage yet. So that that feature doesn't pertain to me. <laughs> well, well, we got to wrap this we're gonna up. We're going to wrap it up so we can give you the bonus features. Yeah, because i got another yeah. half an hour of audio
1: to yeah, tack on. Yeah, so visit. we're going to go
0: ahead and tack an extra half an hour for you guys. And uh, remember, now, next week when we do this podcast... Go ahead, Chris. Okay,
2: shout-out to Jorge Pena... The name of the fella that you gave me who had the um, concourse... Yep, yep.
0: In, San in San Antonio. San Antonio. So yep. I reached Good out guy.
2: to him, chit-chatted with him a little bit. Big uh, podcast fan. Yep. So everybody yeah. say hi to Jorge. Jorge! Hey, Jorge!
0: And that's a bike that was a former Iron Butt bike, correct? I mean, it's got a few miles on it.
2: Uh, didn't have too many. It was, it was a 14, though. It, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? It was It was the 1400 not the one that's what i'm
0: saying that's a much better bike than you've been looking at wow that's a lot that's a lot more motorcycle so it's
2: still out there
0: if you want are you going when are you going to get it
2: i'm not
0: you're not fuck that jump on a plane fly down there and buy that bike make a deal and ride that thing home god damn it man what are you waiting for it's a 1400 it's a much much cooler much bigger more capable bike it's more than fourteen hundred dollars. <laughs> well, man, even if you had to throw down thirty-five hundred on that bike, I would say you're still getting an amazing deal on it. What year is it?
2: I thought he said it was a. Uh, it's like less than two bucks a, a cc. Nine.
0: Yeah, it would have to be. <clears throat> I mean, that's really Shit, cutting. That's, nothing. that's cutting edge technology. That's. Everything modern, everything as good as it's going to get on a bike that everybody who owns one loves it. So tack on five hundred bucks and I'll fly down there and pick it yeah. up. Yeah, <laughs> because <laughs> you know what? I love flying in and riding a bike home. There's nothing cooler than flying in and riding what a was bike Was it eighteen home. hours? Um Yeah, you can do that trip in eighteen hours. Yeah, so I've done Dallas five hundred bucks for one day. That's yeah. not too bad. I did it. Dallas to it's Cleveland cost, in about sixteen you 500 hours. Five hundred bucks
2: to get Steve down there and back. No, it
0: won't. no, buy him a plane ticket. You know, Cool, you're good to go. Flights are cheap right now. You know, you'd want to have the weather be a little bit more on your I'll side. I'll take a bus. Oh, you are a fucking vagrant. I'll take a bus and save the extra money. No, there's a lot of airfares right now that are like $69, 100 bucks. Fly down there, have a good night out, get a good meal, jump on the motorcycle. You know, only, only take what you can carry because you're only going to be on the bike for a day. It's a great bike, it's not going to break down. You know, uh, that's a beautiful bike to do that trip on. Jesus, what a great trip that would be. Oh, that's so cool. You gotta do that, Chris. God, you gotta do that. Well the guy take like money that's been
3: ripped in half that Chris wouldn't let go of when he's trying to hand it to.
0: (laughs) I've never seen drag marks through the ink on a hundred dollar bill before. There's blood on this. (laughs) Uh, Is that a moth? I think that's a moth. Chris opens up his wallet and just a swarm of moths come out. Happy first communion. Oh man, <laughs> All
1: right, shut up! down.
0: Alright. So on that guys, remember to drive fast and take chances. <laughs> bum 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 the barbershop courts. The There's more show don't hang up yet.
1: Fake <laughs> ending bum 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 Press the button. There's more show coming up. <laughs>
0: Hey, podcast listeners, it's Phil from Cleveland Moto with Jackie Van Ham at the Cleveland Motorcycle Show. And we're in the victory booth again. You guys remember a year ago we did the exact same thing, and neither one of us died. (laughs) So we're both still here Well
4: welcome back Phil and all of your listeners I am super pumped to have you guys Back in the booth again Always a great time and always great to see you
0: We're going to put some pictures up in the show notes Tell us about that Corey Ness bike Because it's really fucking cool
4: Well we got the Zach Ness bike here here. Yeah no problem, no problem Ness family, Ness and Victory Motorcycles Have been working together Since the year 2000 Building custom bikes, working together Building aftermarket parts, we've got a great relationship with them. Three generations of Ness, awesomeness, working with Victory Motorcycles. Uh, this year is absolutely no different. This year's conversation for us here at Victory Motorcycles is all about performance. We are talking all about V-twin muscle, V-twin power, especially with all of our efforts from 2015 heading into 2016, all of our racing efforts. You know, last season we were at the Isle of Man, we were at Pikes Peak International Hill Climb, NHRA, Building Bikes to Set Land Speed Records as well, and a really, really special bike for us was at Pikes Peak. Yeah. Brand new developed bikes for us here at Victory. It was custom built by Roland Sands for us but it inspired several bikes off of it including that Zach Ness combustion bike.
0: It's very, I mean, it's very lean. It's really lean. It looks light on its toes. Yep. It's kind of what a builder what any of us in our garage would identify as being a great builder bike. I mean it really is. It's taken down to like optimal use of parts, but still gorgeous.
4: I love that bike. We've got the Erz airbocker bike mm-hmm. also, which was also inspired by that 156. Mm-hmm. Erz airbocker and Zach Ness both, no slouches in the oh. custom bike building oh. game. Both very, very well respected men, so we're really, really proud to have those two prototype and concept type and bikes that Erbacher's were inspired. really
0: a race bike. I mean, isn't, isn't that the one we're talking about? The, no,
4: the no. one in the middle that is the true race that's bike, true Roland race type bike. Peak. Yeah. that's Roland Sands. Okay, that's Roland so Sands. So again, yet another incredible builder, another incredible designer yeah. that's been working with Victor. You know, we're bringing we're bringing the egg game. You know, not that we, not that we never had, but the past couple of seasons. You know, last year our conversation was about music and style with that right. beautiful Magnum bagger that we still have, um, and that we have again this year in you know, new paint schemes. You know, it had such great great response. But this conversation this season, we really wanted to shake it up a little bit. We wanted people to kind of think outside of us just being a tour and bagger company, oh. and we really wanted to put the throttle. On, as it were, about how much we're into performance. So yes, you guys one...
0: have sent that message. I mean, that's oh. the biggest thing. Coming in the booth, walking through here, we've always—I mean, I've always liked what the Victory brand has done. One of our friends has a Victory Vision Ness Edition that he's had for years and loves it to death. Uh, we call it the Starship the Mothership. Uh, <laughs> but like, that's that thing. Like, when you look at these bikes, these customs are fucking sexy. They're lean. They're they're trim. They're beautiful bikes. The Pike's Peak bike is you can't that that motorcycle is giddy up I mean that's purpose built it's specifically meant to just tread shit yep and it looks like it.
4: It is very clear all about performance when you see that 156 bike, and yeah. it absolutely delivered. For a first-time so cool. effort from Victory Motorcycles, it, it placed fourth out of a field of 60 in qualifying. Amazing. That's against other manufacturers it's that have been doing this for years. It's a really yeah. incredible, you know, it's our Isle of Man. It, it is. It is our American historical It takes almost the rotors. same
0: number of lives. I mean, it is, that's, the, that's the sad part, the dark part, is that these two elements of motorsports do have an actual mortal component to them, Uh, Isle of Man and the hill climb, that is terrifying.
4: They're dangerous, absolutely. absolutely. You know, they're they're very edge on the seat racing. Yeah. That's why we were so stoked to be there again yeah. with that one fifty six It plays so well. It yeah. is a huge a deal. deal. I can't yeah. you know I know I keep saying it, but yeah. it really is a very, very, very cool, neat thing that we're really, really proud of, and then the bikes that are inspired by it, yeah. same neck of the woods. And it's a totally
0: different approach. Most of the companies are spending their budget on GP racing or super sport racing or any superbike. I mean that's such a rare air thing. That is very hard to physically grasp. The billions and dollars that are spent on those race teams and those race rigs to go and campaign that way. When you look at like a Bike's Peak Challenge, man, that's something that I don't care what you ride, you can get your head around that. Yeah. It's very, uh, it's very impressive. Really it's, cool.
4: it's, you know, it, like I like I said, it's. It, I think it is our version of the Isle of Man TT. It is very grassroots Americana it racing. Yeah. It's super accessible. Oh yeah. It's bikes. It's cars. It's electric. I mean, it's everything. I've all ridden in that. One. Oh, on a Lambretta scooter. Oh wow.
0: Went before it was fully paved. Yeah. And I can say like the oh, whole time I, I was riding that thing on a Lambretta scooter, I was just thinking people do this at over 100 miles an hour. That's psychotic. Yeah. I was doing it at 30 miles an hour, wheezing along on 8 horsepower. And it was terrifying. Yeah. So I couldn't imagine drifting with, you know, the difference between success and failure is like a 750-foot drop. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah. It's it's very quick decision-making needs to happen yeah. up there. and Not
0: a very easy learning curve.
4: Yeah. So we, we premiered the ignition um, earlier in the season, the combustion we yes. premiered at New York. Um, Zach Ness was on hand to unveil that prototype machine. They've had really, really, I cannot stress enough, incredible response to all three of those bikes. They're incredible. Incredibly beautiful, very purpose-built, spare lean, aggressive, very sexy, very beautiful bikes, and absolutely. And they showcase the
0: motor nicely, too. I think they really complement the
4: design. They do show off that motor because, again, that motor that's in that 156 is different for us. It is a brand new motor for us here at Victory. It's a 1200cc liquid-cooled engine, which is which is different and very new for us. Polaris has designed in the past thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of engines. This is brand new for us, absolutely. Um, we're getting great response, great power out of it. Clear you know with that 156 bike fourth out of a field of 60 clearly clearly it's delivering so it's a very important piece of the puzzle for us, you know, in really laying out the story of performance. Just this past week, I would also like to add on Victory Motorcycle social media, they've started releasing some teaser videos and some sneak peeks (laughs) of what's going to be coming next. Because
0: spring is coming. Yes. And they're going to want to make sure to capitalize
4: on it. Absolutely. You know, it's the beginning of season. The excitement is high. And so you can kind of see a little bit of development. It's a little bit of maybe like a story arc for us. It's Mm. an evolution of design starts at the 156 mm-hmm. then you kind of shift your eyeballs and look at that Urs airbocker ignition mic then take a gander at that combustion bike from Zach Ness and then go look at the teaser videos of what's going to be the third piece of the story.
0: More details to come.
4: Absolutely. Yeah. So please head on over to our social media or victorymotorcycles.com for a little bit more of that story and, and follow along. You know it, it's coming up here pretty fast.
0: Is that impulse that we see on the in the corner of the booth the electric motorcycle? Now is that the one that came from Brammo?
4: That was. Uh, Polaris did purchase Brammo mm-hmm. last year, absolutely. Yep. Brammo has been in the electric field for several years. Very so lucky. They've got plenty of engineering, development, design. Mm-hmm. It was thought through. It's a bike that's at the top of its game in the electric field. And Polaris went on ahead and just picked them up and scooted them over here and added them to our portfolio.
0: Smart move. I think everybody who's going to be a serious player in the game, they're laying their foundations right now. And. We saw Harley-Davidson certainly doing it with a spark and uh, we've seen other teams. Approaching electrics.
4: But ours is actually production. Right. A lot of the other folks that are out here that are making making some marketing plays and talking a little bit about electric bikes, they're not actually at the dealership. You can't go buy them. They don't actually exist. They're not real. And this is
0: a bike you can buy.
4: Ours is absolutely. It absolutely lives at the dealership. And just this past, I don't know, maybe two or three weeks ago, it came to our attention that through federal government and state governments now, there's about 2000 and in some cases up to $2,500 of money in retail. Rebates available for purchasing that electric bike. Folks.
0: And because our folks are going to ask, and they always do, um, we are a podcast full of skeptics because nothing's as good as it ever was in 1974. If you ask <laughs> half
4: of our listeners,
0: um, what's the range on the on the Impulse?
4: The range on the Impulse TT through daily normal use, right. normal commuting type around town use, approximately 90 miles. It's
0: pretty damn good.
4: Which is really, really, really good. That's a very legitimate number for that bike, and to charge all the way from zero, all the way from flat right. is between three and a half and four hours.
0: Right. And we talked about uh, those the Fiat Electric and the Fiat Electric does the same thing 70 to 90 miles on a charge so it is getting into that realm of you can get to work, you can get back and some other stuff Absolutely. on that three and a half four hours charge. I know I certainly for me to go round trip it's about 125 miles so we're, I'm getting close I'm yeah. getting to the point now where I can do it but we were talking, my wife has a Fiat 500 and I was talking to her about the electric. She was like, you know... I could do it. She could live with an electric, and I think we're going to start seeing these ranges increase a little bit. And obviously, if the bike's going full disco tilt, we're not going to go 100 miles on a charge. You are correct. Right? You but are correct. For use, yes.
4: absolutely. And if you're if you're really hooting on that bike and you're really really ringing its neck, it absolutely is going to eat up some of that battery. As that's with just
0: anything electric.
4: Absolutely. That's that's the name of the game for that one.
0: But have they retained modular batteries in the M-Pulse? or is it uh, are the batteries fixed? Are the batteries like You can't pull the batteries out and put new batteries in to double your range. I
4: apologize that. I do not know
0: off the top of my head. I remember when they first campaigned it under uh, Brammo's manufacturer, that was kind of the the one leg up they may have had was it appeared as though their batteries were modular. Yeah. And uh, if you, our podcast, we're going to put a photo up in the show notes, but this is the bike that is a very uh, motorsport-inspired, it's a racetrack-looking bike, and it has the rectangles on the side, the, the power cells on the side. Yes. So uh, this spike has been in... I'll tell you, it's been in development for a very long time. It's one of the first ones that was a conceivable, practical this bike has sporting future even six years ago.
4: Oh gosh, yeah. It's yeah. it's on and off like a light switch. Yeah. You know, the way that electrical engines work God, versus if you've never combustion. Ridden an electric motorcycle yeah, if you before. have it, you need to because they're a really, really good time. I had the good fortune to go take one out at Sturgis this year and just loads of fun. I think people do have the misconception that electric bike does not equate to power. Oh, my God. Um, our stunt performers, our factory stunt team, um, Tony Carbajal and Joe Dryden, have a pair of these that they go and stunt and perform on and wow. do a really incredible job. They smoke tires. They shred tires on that bike. They light up. They're just torque machines. Well,
0: that's a good way to win hearts and minds.
4: Yeah. Because,
0: you know, every fucking idiot in the world will say, well, does it do a burnout?
4: Uh, it does do a burnout. It Absolutely. does do a burnout. Absolutely. Very, Absolutely. very quickly, actually. And you know what?
0: Because it's an electric bike, it'll do the burnout.
4: Silently. Silently. <laughs> <laughs> Quietly, yeah. politely. You'll know us by tons, the trail of smoke. Yeah, and tons of dirty smoke <laughs> and shredded rubber. Look, and I, we're EPA friendly, and I feel great about that. <laughs> I think it's—I think that's a really fun, neat juxtaposition. And they really are very incredible bikes. I, I agree yeah. with you that in certain markets maybe it's, it's not for everybody, but no, no motorcycle is—you well, know—but it always by, be out on the coasts. I think that they're perfect for that for really congested cities. You know, New York, L.A., San Francisco, perhaps. I think that that is a perfect alternative for those folks. And yeah. I. I I heard it the most at the Long Beach IMS, people out there that already have, like, the Nissan Leaf and other cars that are plug-in vehicles, absolutely. they absolutely get it. Like, oh, yeah. they see the port on right. this, they're like, oh, I've already got one, Lotus. I already know where my e-charging station oh, yeah. is, I know where I can stop and charge, my I work situation has one, like, they get it right away.
0: There's, we say there's that lie, there's that acceptable lie, you'll tell your friends you bought it because it's environmentally friendly, you'll tell your friends you bought a Vespa because it gets 100 miles to the gallon, but secretly, down in your heart you fucking love it you
4: bought it because you love it and because it's it's fun and
0: it's weird and it's like fetishy and and weird and like I would ride electric just because of the weird factor I would ride electric just because of the thrust Yeah. I wouldn't give a I wouldn't give a damn if electricity cost more than gas did I would probably still ride it (laughs) just to be that asshole
4: but there's smile machines anytime that those bikes come out you know whether we're stunting with them out at Sturgis or Daytona or riding them around Sturgis or some of the events that we've had them at everybody's Stops and has to ask, ask about the bike. What's going on? Lightest what is the stunt this? team ever? Yes, it's, just, yeah. it's a silence stunt team. Indoor stunt I like, team. I like to jump on the microphone and make the sounds for them oh, and make like vroom vroom brap <laughs> sounds uh, just just to, like, just to fill it just in just to fill in it a little bit. But I no, I, I think it's it's really it's it's a really really great time at Victory right They're now. It sure is. It's, just, it's I, a it's, it's a really fascinating time again with all these new types of vehicles. We're just trying to like broaden the mindset yeah. of our consumer. Base and we're not just you know baggers and touring right. bikes. We do those too, and they're not going anywhere. And they're comfort, style, performance, and reliability yeah. all in one great-looking American-made package. Those are our big catchwords. They always will be. Yeah. Um, but now we're just adding a couple a couple right. of new cards to our deck.
0: I don't think. I mean, I think this is probably what makes us the world's worst cafe racer podcast <laughs> because we have consistently been kind of the most excited about what we see happening in. A V-twin booth. Yeah. <laughs> An American B Twin Booth. We're like, Shit. But I love that. We suck at cafe Racer. I love that I, all
4: weekend long, yeah. and I'm glad that you touched on that because honestly, you know, I've been with Victory now. This will be yeah. my third season. We've got great ownership. Yeah. I love our Victory owners. They genuinely are the nicest people. They come in here, they can't wait to hug us, and right. tell us how much they love their bike, how much it's yeah. changed their lives, oh my God. how they ride longer, more comfortable, yeah. happy wife, happy life, the whole nine yards. But the one change I've seen this season the most with having that Roland Sands 156 mm-hmm. bike right in the middle bookend it now by the prototype bikes so many younger people coming well, in here. Look at those younger things. Younger people coming in here that yeah. are clearly more of like a cafe racer, a little bit more of like a hipster
0: community. Well, I also noticed that you guys have started putting skulls on some of your clothing apparel items.
4: Well, that's been going on for a while. Yeah, no, no. that's I mean, that's beach V-Twin thing. We're not, you know, we're not, we're, we're, we're just trying to, you know. We're,
0: we're not just your grandfather's where he goes when he's done with his Harley Davidson. Yeah. No, there's actually, I mean, there's a lot of performance involved in these motorcycles. Yeah. Every single one of them, it does. And there's uh, there's definitely a spirit involved. Yes. There's definitely a spirit, and it's not just it's, by our belt buckle.
4: No, it's a lot of passion. Yeah. It's so much development. It's so many people, blood, sweat, and tears. Literally hours ample. and hours yeah. of of no stone left unturned to crank out more horsepower to make sure everything is comfortable. Everything works like it's supposed to. It runs like it's supposed to. Right. You know, it's it's a very exciting time. Absolutely. Well,
0: you know, for years I've always said that I will never talk shit on Harley-Davidson because I think we need an American motorcycle company in the world. Yeah. We have to maintain our presence in the in the world as a manufacturer, and I think that Victory's taken that and ran further with it, because instead of resting on anybody's laurels, instead of saying it's been done that way for seven years, let's keep doing it. Victory has absolutely every year brought up something yep. that was a game changer. We
4: change it up. We like something to shake that it was up better. around here.
0: Man, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, um, we love Jackie as a person, but it's also cool that she's she's landed in a very, very cool house. So that's fun.
4: I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I'm officially, you know, I've said it once. I've said it five million times. I am officially the luckiest girl in America. Yeah,
0: you, you got it going.
4: No, absolutely. I get to come out here and talk about our beautiful bikes every single weekend to folks yep. that are really, really passionate and excited about it. And then when we have the de- trucks out I get to go ride all of the beautiful bikes. Oh
0: I tell people every day that's why I don't take in that's why I don't make any money because I work at the toy store.
4: It's okay to hate me. I know I it's know. okay. Alright
0: <laughs> right, so we're gonna sign off from the Cleveland Motorcycle Show. Thanks again to Jackie Van Ham and uh, the Victory guys. Always fantastic and this time it's actually quiet enough that we can have a chat.
4: I know we found a little corner over here that's but good. it has been rock and roll all day here. Cleveland is absolutely I feel our biggest show for Victory Motorcycles. The only Ownership is very, very strong here. We've got great dealers. They turn out in force. They buy the gear. They show their pride. They wear the jacket. They come in, hugs, smiles, photos. Um, Cleveland rocks.
0: All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you now.